Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a conversation with Joshua T. Berglund and Dr. Robert Carabelli. Robert Carabelli, I am so honored to have you here today. Like I, when I first saw your email about being a guest, I was so excited because what you specialize in and what your expertise is, and I know you're really accomplished, but the one thing that stuck out is your book, Sexual Energy and Spiritual Power. And where God, the creator, has me going in this weird direction that it looked like and felt like I was leaving my faith. But if anything, I feel like I've navigated into this area of life that is giving me life and life that I never knew I could have. And that is peace. Because one of the biggest traumas that ever happened in my life, other than being molested, was the self-inflicted trauma that I put myself through with drugs and sex and just abusing my body and then fall into religion, which then I started abusing myself more and even confuse my identity even more. And over the last few months, I've started to graduate out of this and start to understand that we can have a healthy relationship with sex, honor God and honor our bodies at the same time. And so when your email came in, I was just really excited because I knew I get to have a healthy conversation about this subject with a true professional. So I am honored to have you here. Thank you very much that in having me. First, it, it, it's wonderful to, that you have gone through what you have gone through, the things that you have gone through and to come out in this beautiful position. And I admire you so much. So Lovely. thank you for having me. And yes. when it comes and when it comes to sex and sexual relationships, there's so many misconceptions and so much is hidden or we're afraid to talk about it. And organized religion sometimes doesn't help in, or doesn't help in that area at all. But we must realize that the beauty of sexual relationships, that's a gift from the divine. Yes. He has given this wonderful gift to us. Why are we hiding everything? Why are we afraid to talk about it? Why, as the medical profession, we don't ask anything about it when we interview a patient? So uh, that's why I did this book, and I'm looking at it in my patients. So. I want to ask you really quick, because I start off every broadcast this way before we get into... The discussion, I would love to know what you're grateful for today and why. I'm grateful that the divine has given me the opportunity to be a physician and to help his people. And I'm so gratified by doing that. That's my top uh, gratification. And uh, I'm gr grateful for many things, including this wonderful earth and the people that I interact with. But I would say number one was to be able to have the knowledge and the tools that I can help God's people. So that's number one. That's a beautiful thing. I, I And I'm grateful for people like you because this subject, when you mentioned sex, it, the word itself impact with people. <laughs> yes. And it either pol it's polarizing. It's something that can excite and titillate. It's something that can it can trigger somebody in, into their trauma. It's just, oh man, it's just this whole subject is so sensitive. And like 
when we go to our religious leaders and we're looking for guidance in this subject, everything is very black and white, but sexuality is everything but. It is every bit as fluid and like the wind blowing a certain way can cause one thing, a person that talks to you a certain way. It's just a, such a complicated subject. But how is it that we can take this complicated subject and simplify it in a way that we can start having honest conversations about sexuality and the impact that it has in relationships and even when ourselves, how can we simplify this so it'll become easier for us to start having healthy conversations? Because all of the people that we look at in society, it's either being perverted or it's being ridiculed and, and people are just stuck in this situation where they don't know if they're supposed to feel shame or they're supposed to be slutty or what. Like it's, we're getting a lot of mixed messages from our media, from the church, from our leaders. Like how do we start just having real honest conversations about this? Josh, you hit the nail on the head. People are ashamed and afraid. And I grew up in the Catholic environment. And it was such a shameful thing. We couldn't talk about sex. So so repressed. The being is having three um, functions, mind, body, and spirit. The spirit is the thing we don't talk about. We think of that, uh, that it's some amorphous thing out there. But if we look at the Eastern tradition, the spirit, is, or they call it chakras, is in seven centers. And one of those has a bodily dysfunction, an emotional dysfunction, and a sexual dysfunction. And I believe that putting energy into where there's a deficit will make the sex and the relationship more beautiful. And it's going to start with communication. I'm trying to make people open up and talk more about it. Now, you asked how. Well, it's going to be done through education. People like you, people like me, writing, talking, getting people involved. It'll probably be my life's work. <laughs> Maybe in that amount of time, it will happen. So I like that. For me, my healing journey, it started with just being honest. Mm -hmm. And so I, I had this period where most of my life as a chem sex addict, I clearly had no idea what was real because I was using hardcore drugs and not sleeping. And I literally was violating my temple and having other people violate it too, because I drugs made the nightmares turn to fantasies. And anyway, that was a 20 year thing. And then after I gave my life to the Lord, I started this transition where I was like, okay, I'm not having sex. I'm not doing anything. I'm just going to be a choir boy and I'm going to figure out what's real for me. So I took a year of abstinence, did the work on myself, and then met what is now my wife. And with her and being honest with her, we've had this slow progression of evolving. And I wasn't acting out with my other side sexuality, which is being bisexual or fluid or whatever mm -hmm. it mattered to me. But what I learned was, and I stayed away from all of it, and I was denied mm -hmm. because my religion and my faith told me that I was an abomination. And in my spirit, I felt like that was wrong. But again, I'm trying to honor my faith and honor what God tells me from the Bible and everything else. And 
I was miserable. I was freaking miserable. And the only time that I ever had any peace is when I just allowed myself to be. Like, didn't need to fit into a box. I just needed to be. And then I started to uncover the roots of the word homosexual and why it was put in the Bible and yada, yada, yada. So that gave me a little bit of peace. And, but through that peace came conviction because my body's still a temple. And the way that I had gone about exploring my sexuality was violating towards myself and also not being the other people in my life. To have a healthy relationship with this, I needed to find out what was true for me. And I did discover what was true for me. Then I also fell into learning about what you teach and what you help people with. And it really helped me recognize that my body is the temple. I can violate it by the way I go about things, especially if I'm just taking on anyone's energy, so to speak, or giving my energy just to anybody else. And so I found myself in this path of, I don't have all the answers yet, but I do know that sex and a healthy sex life is not has nothing to do with what I've been told my whole life. But yet there's this balance between, I don't know, the act of love and not being mm. a the energy behind it changed things for me. And I don't have all the answers, but what this place that I'm at, and I'm a little bit confused and I'm hoping that you can unpack is when is, if it's abstinence or monogamy or all of these other things may be old ideas and just restrictive ideas, how is it that we can have a healthy sexual relationship but at the same time, not violate our temple, our energy, and so on. Like, how can you do both, or can you not? I started off by saying that great sex is a gift from the divine. Right. But any great gift, if you don't use it properly, wonderful food is a gift from the divine. But if you eat so much and you become morbidly obese, <laughs> that's not going to be good for you. So it's the same thing with great sex. Enjoy it and use it wisely. Communicate is the main thing. And looking at the seven energy centers of the body, knowing where there's deficit, and using sexual techniques to stimulate that energy, to stimulate that deficit so there's proper balance. And that's what I'm talking about. And with that, we're going to have to put aside some of the restrictions of the past, like monogamy. Monogamy could be good. and might not be. So it depends on the partners and what they agree to sure. and what is right for them. And I've tried to address, I tried to be very inclusive with the book and look at different types of relationships, same sex, so different types of relationships. And wherever that deficit is, if you put energy in, that's going to be good. And that's what it boils down to. And the other thing I just want to say with your wonderful journey, the, fir the first and wisest thing you did was with chemicals, you stopped that. That lets the divine energy in. Because if you, if chemicals stop that energy from coming in. So I commend you and I admire you so much for that. Thank you. That actually was the, that I didn't have a healthy relationship with sex for so long because even when I had quit using drugs, every time I had sex, I was wanting the drugs because right. sex 
crazier or more intense or more wild. And I'm somebody that loves extremes. <laughs> so right. it was a real wrestling match. But I finally, like, I was really struggling with this, even in my marriage. And of course, I'm fortunate that I've been able to be honest with my wife about the struggle and the desire and I didn't, and not knowing what to do with it. But I learned that through just being honest, I, I indirectly or directly started retraining the triggers and the intimacy that my wife and I have as far as our trust and our bond, that took away the need or this desire to use drugs every time I had sex. And Kim's sex addiction is a monster. I don't even know, I don't know what it's like for a sex addict and I don't know what it's like for a drug addict, but I can tell you right. for having both at the same time and literally starting the same day, it's been a bear to get over, but you can no. do it. And the things that I also discovered, like so much of my life was in the shadows and hitting and it was sneaky. So there's a risk factor to it. So that made it more exciting. I found that it could be just as exhilarating just to be really brutally honest about what you really want. And, right. and having that communication, that in itself, that foreplay can become a drug in itself. And that is right. hard. Like we don't have, my wife and I, we don't have necessarily an open relationship, but we don't necessarily right. believe in monogamy either. However, we use all of that external stuff as foreplay. Right. And it's really brought us closer together as friends. We trust each other. And we can communicate in a way that is kind of extreme, but yet it's brought us closer together. And I've learned that there is another side to this. You could have very exciting sex without drugs just by role play and acting out fantasies. Almost every time I ask, is there a fantasy that I haven't lived out? Can we do this together? What's your fantasy? And working that in. And it's wonderful if you're monogamous now. Maybe 10 years from now, you may want to experiment yeah. experiment a little bit. And if you both agree and you have a contract or parameters, that could work. That could be wonderful. But we've been taught that's wrong. And you're going to go to hell if you do that. You're breaking the vows of marriage, the sacrament and whatnot. I don't think God wants to deprive us of something that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, as yeah, long as we're not harming others and that we're, you know. I, I so. 100% on that. And I, but you can't have any of that without being honest. And that's right. It's like even the beautiful thing about being honest up front about things of, hey, I don't necessarily believe in this, but right now we're not acting on that. But being able to have that conversation that if it did come up in a year, two years, five years, it one, it's not going to be shocking. It won't be a surprise. Right. It will be, ah, you've been honest about the same time and it doesn't become disruptive. What I'm going to ask you this. One of the things that I've realized with men and cheating and why I cheated, so much of it was I was afraid to be honest about what I really wanted. And right. then fear of what if she doesn't like that or what if she's not into that or what if right. How do how can men, because my path was a little bit different and it doesn't necessarily fit all other men who cheat, lie, or keep secrets about what they desire sexually. How is it, how are how can men learn to be comfortable with truth in really all areas of their life, but especially when it comes to sex? 
and women too, but basically you hit the nail on the head. It's just being honest. Now you may, so you feel comfortable in doing it. You might want to do it in the way of the game or a role play. Honey, I've always wanted to do whatever it is and see how she reacts to that and not to be afraid to bring it up. That's the first thing is to know that you have that open communication. You're not going to be judged and she or he will ex have a chance to voice their fantasy and what they want to do. And it's, you may want to say once a week, we're going to have a fantasy night and we're going to talk about something we haven't done and to stimulate. And you could be as a, drugs can make a sexual experience very heightened, but you could do it without that and heightening this by having a first new exciting experience. Something that you've never done before, different clothing that's exciting, or role play, or bondage, light bondage, or whatever it may be, that's going to be something that you haven't done. And that can make it very exciting. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Now, I'm trying to look at it scientifically through the seven energy centers of the body, so partners can in quotes, diagnose where there's an energy deficit and then apply that energy. Now, of course, that's always with consent and discussion. I want to know more about that because I don't know a lot about that. And I haven't had the chance to read the book yet. But how do you figure that out? Because I know that I've been off balance in this area, but right. most of my life. And I know it's getting better, but I'm not 100% there. So is this something that we just need to hire you as a coach or, or as a doctor to help us? Or is there- No, my, yeah, my, my goal is that partners are their own doctors in that way and can diagnose where the energy needs to be placed and how to stimulate that energy. Doctors really just look at the mind and body, but we really don't pay any attention to the spirit. And in Eastern traditions, they look at the spirit in energy centers called the chakras. Now, Dr. Carolyn May, she's done a lot of work on this, her best-selling book, Anatomy of the Spirit. So she's looking at the spirit in its seven centers. It starts at the base of the spine, coming all the way up to the head. So that's one through seven. Now, I can't go through all seven, but if you want to look at one of them, the first chakra is at the base of the spine and the legs. But each one has an emotional component, a physical characteristic, and then sexual techniques you can do to put energy in if you know that there's a deficit. We could just take one of them if you'd like. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, all right. So the first chakra is at the base of the spine, the legs, the feet. Now that's associated with some emotional issues. So that's something two partners can tell about each other. People having a deficit in this energy, you'll have depression, inability to stand up for themselves, social problems, let's say, money, sometimes money problems, uh, and physical problems with this chakra could be the low back pain. I don't know how many patients I see with this. I mean, it's a very common disorder. 
rectal problems, hemorrhoids, cancers, things like that. And so you can assess that in your partner if they have those characteristics. And then you could think about sexual stimulation to that chakra. So you're going to put energy into that system. You're trying to make the system balance. And it could range from intercourse, regular intercourse, anal intercourse, foot worship, because that's the feet, the legs, the rectum. So stimulation to those areas are going to put energy into that system. And so on and so forth. So the second chakra, the third chakra, all the way up to the seventh chakra, which at the top of the head has physical characteristics, emotional characteristics, and things you can do sexually to stimulate that area. So that's basically what I think partners can do to look at it scientifically. And of course, all starting with consent, starting with respect, and then so on and so forth. And that gives you the chance to act out fantasy. It gives you the chance to do things that you've never done before, but always wonder. And it has to be preference, like, as you said, the two, no judgment. Leave the judgment at the door. Your wife's not going to judge you if you said, I wanted to do X, Y, and Z or to wear women's clothing or whatever it may be. There's no judgments. If yeah. it's not hurting someone and it's something you would want to try and you both agree, then go ahead. In my experience with women, I could be wrong because I have a limited healthy experience with this. But in my experience, when you fill a woman's love tank, she could pretty much handle any form of honesty that you have as long as it's honest. In other words, she's going to be a lot more accepting to receiving this news or this information that you are scared to share right your love tank is filled they are more receptive to truth and all of a sudden those things that we tend to fear being honest about but instead go cheat and do found that women if you're honest and if you're you're filling their love tank they may surprise you about what they're willing to engage in with you and I'm not You're saying exactly right. use that as yeah. a manipulation technique because you can't manipulate filling up a love tank. But if you are doing that, I've been blown away with some of the things that I used to be scared to share, how well received it's been. And it may not be, oh, this is great. Let's have an orange now. It's not, may not be that way, but at least it's okay. I'm not throwing you out of the house. You at least get to have a conversation. And when you have a healthy conversation, a lot of beautiful things can happen. And it may be that right. you decide you don't really want to do that, but having the fantasy and acting the fantasy out with your loved one in role-playing could be the answer to that, scratching that itch. I think you made an important point about women are better listeners and really many times won't judge us, but we're afraid to bring things up. And we need that men need to be strong and have the confidence to bring things up. And many times you won't be judged. And, uh, and that's a good start. I agree. I love it. I celebrate you and I also want to honor you four decades of marriage. And I 
That in itself to me is impressive. I just celebrated my three-year anniversary with Jessica, the most successful relationship I've ever had in my life, the only healthy relationship I've ever had in my life. And it, of course, I can all just point to honesty and the love of God and healing and everything else, give credit to that. But four decades, that, and I'm like at my three years going, hey, I'm proud of myself. But then I see someone in the position that you're in to be married for four decades. I just, it's so impressive. And one of the things that have kept you together, other than truth and honesty and everything else, is that you maintain the ability to keep attraction alive in your relationship. Do you care to share how you've done that? Because look, I can look at a car for a week and I'm tired of it already. So I'm amazed at my three years and I'm still wildly attracted to my wife. Because normally, again, after a couple of weeks and we've had sex a few times, I'm like, I'm looking elsewhere. This is what it's normally been. How in the world right. you kept attraction alive for four decades? I think um, you also have to be attracted to someone emotionally and spiritually. And that beauty makes you want to be with them. And when you admire them, you want to be with them. And you make the sex exciting by trying different things all the time. And you are most comfortable with this person because not going to judge you or to make you feel small about something. And that's a beautiful thing. And there's no judgments that people want to go outside the relationship with the third person or another couple or that's their business. And if they both agree to that, um, I don't know what we could do about making the uh, just people not makes people feel so guilty about sex. I think that's a big obstacle. The medical community, we can do better there as well. So it's a big challenge. The thing I've never understood in a lot of the religious texts, a lot of the people that they're telling stories about in their relationship with God, they had a lot of wives and concubines, and they were not monogamous. Like the greatest leaders in the Bible, the people that we were told to pattern our lives after, <laughs> they had multiple wives, and maybe yeah. some of them were bisexual too. Like it's pretty, there's a lot of evidence that, that David was bisexual. Boy, the church is not going to let that one. Anyway, but like when you read the text, even Paul, there's a lot of hinting that goes on. And yet, but the obvious stuff is some of these guys have hundreds of wives. And yet, right. yet when it comes to talking about sex and religion and our faith, it's, you know, you wait till you're married and you only have one wife and you only sleep with the same person for the rest of your life. And that's a mixed message and probably one of the most blatant contradictions. And I'm not trying to bash people that share my faith at all. I'm just saying right. something's off that we are just blindly ignoring the fact that there's the greatest contradiction of all in front of our face in the book that is considered right. the word of God. And that's all through time. It's been like that. There have been popes that have, let's say, not practiced what they preached. I'll say it that way. And what has been done to the LGBT community and making them alienated from God's love I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. God loves everyone. And I find very little 
in religious texts against that type of relationship. And it just puts unnecessary guilt on people and it's just not necessary. So it's going to take time, but I think we're, I think it's starting to get there and gather people like you that's doing the work you're doing and a little bit that I'm trying to do. And it, it can snowball, I believe, you know. Yeah. And I look, I think some some things, especially when the media gets a hold of it, it takes it to an extreme. And really, I believe the pendulum will swing back a little bit to where there's more of a normalcy here. But this, the, you're right about the LGBT community. I don't like the agenda that's like throwing things in people's face and some of the way right. that he exploits it. However, however, that community has been demonized and abused and they've been put through. Right. And it's for what, really? And by doing that, are we really being the love of Jesus or the love of God, the way that they're being yeah. treated? No, you're not. And then never mind the fact that the Bible, the word homosexual has only been around for 150 years and it just was put in the Bible 100 years ago. So right. never mind all that noise. But that the fact that you're right about this community, like they... They, they have not been able to love in peace at all. And so the whole idea and the concept of being part of that community, society, and I don't care how many people support it, the fact is that there's a big movement of people that are fighting against it. And, are, and it's like putting shame on people. How in the world do you, how can you have a healthy, loving relationship when you're being shamed by the public? You can't. It makes it right. very challenging and it causes like this psychological warfare that no wonder people go to bathhouses and no wonder people right. sex apps and they're doing things in the shadows because there's no safe place for them to exercise their truth. I saw hookers and prostitutes yeah. because it was, I needed to tell the truth to somebody it was the only place I felt safe. How screwed up is that? I should have been able to go to the church. I should have been able to talk to my pastor and said, Hey, exactly. I like guys too. And you know what? When I deny that part of myself, I want to kill myself. It's so beautifully said what you just got finished saying. And we want the, we want everyone to experience God's love, not to push them away. And if there was clear indications that something was wrong, I would know about it. And I don't believe I know about it. From what I read the word of God, I pray that I'm getting the right interpretation before I read. Yeah. I don't get uh, a hateful interpretation at all. So no matter who you are or what type of relationship you have, I just want to have people just to be a little more knowledgeable about the relationship and the energetic system and how to put love and energy in that system. And that's um, an important thing. I agree with that. Dr. Carabelli, I am so grateful for your time. I would love to have you back anytime. I just, I really appreciate this conversation and I believe that it's gonna help give some peace to some people and maybe even change the perspective of others, which is why I do these broadcasts could not be more honored to have you here. Dr. Carabelli, can you please tell everybody where they can follow you, where they can buy sexual energy, spiritual power, and just yes. your journey? Yeah, so the book is available on Amazon and Barnes and & Nobles. And if you go to robertdigitalonlineprojects.com for my information. 
And I want to thank you so much and applaud the work you're doing. And it was a real pleasure talking to you. Thank you, doctor. God bless thank you. you. And uh, I'm rooting for you all the way and come back anytime. Thank you. I'd like to. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye.